know that uh, we're in a series uh, entitled Death to Life. Um, I've gotten quite a bit of good feedback from the series. That's always nice. Um, it, it, it might sound weird, a title, Death to Life. But truly, that's what Jesus Christ has, has, has come to do. To deliver us from death and translate us into His eternal life. To show us how humanity was truly supposed to be like. In Colossians 1.13, Apostle Paul tells us this. He says, He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. This, is ha- this has already happened. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, He takes you from a dominion of darkness that Adam put us into, of death, and He delivers us into a new kingdom, a new dominion, a new kingdom that is filled with the love of His Son. You are in that kingdom now. And even though that's a spiritual reality, that's a spiritual truth, that's set in stone for all eternity, the problem is, is now we now have to, in this earth, have to learn how, how do we now live? How do we now live in this truth that we, in this new kingdom? See, the problem is, is a lot of us take our old way of living into this new kingdom and then we get frustrated because we get the same results that we had before. You know, in, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and most of the time when you hear this scripture, you think it's talking about going to heaven. But the truth of the matter is, is that we live with death every day. There are relationships that die. There are marriages that die. There are um, experiences and, and connections with our children that if not done correctly, they die. They're, they're not building. They're not becoming stronger. Right? Countries die. Finances die. Your mental health, if you are, if you are not focusing on the right things, what are true, what is, what is lovely, what is of good report. Your mental health can die. See, the thing about sin, it literally means to miss the mark. See, when, when I say the word sin, most people think to themselves of a particular sin. But really, the word sin the truest definition is to miss the mark. Like an archer shooting at a target, he sends the arrow down and he misses the bullseye. He sinned. He, we miss the mark. And we miss the mark of what God created us to be and to do. That's how we miss the mark. James goes as so far as not, not only the things that you do, but the things that you don't do. James says that anyone that knows to do good and does not do it has sinned. So even the good things that you know you should do that you don't do is sin, to miss the mark of God. And we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but the good news is is that Jesus Christ hit the mark. And that in Jesus Christ we become new creation. And in this new creation we now live by faith in the Son of God.
Amen? Because eternal life, we've been saying, I've been saying this almost every week, eternal life does not begin when you go to heaven. Eternal life begins when you meet Jesus. Life begins now. You can be a Christian, you can be going to heaven, and still be reaping the wages of hell here on earth. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 34, Jesus says, But I say, do not make any vows. You know, up to this point, we've talked about um, different things that um, bring death into our life. The first one was what? Idolatry. The second one was pride. The third one we looked at was identity. Right? Satan wants to steal your identity that you have in God. And today we're going to be talking about inner vows. Inner vows. I, I, truthfully, I don't know if I've ever heard a message on inner vows. And Jesus says, do not make any vows. How many of you have your own inner vows? Things that you promised yourself. Things that you said would never happen again. Vows that you have set up to ensure that you would never be hurt, taken advantage of, made to look the fool, or humiliated again. An inner vow is, typical, is a typical response to pain. When we have pain in our life, and we all will have pain at some point in our life, something comes to us and tries to give, convince us to make a vow. Something or someone hurt us, and we, went, we want to ensure that that experience never happens again, that we never experience that pain again. And rather than working through the pain and forgiving the person or the people that were involved and trusting God to be our shield and our protection, we make an inner vow. Most of our time, inner vows is something along these lines. Never again. Never again. We make that promise to ourselves. Never again will someone say, do, see me in this pain. Here are some examples. People who have been cheated on in a dating or marriage relationship. They make an inner vow never to allow anyone close enough to hurt them again. Do you see how that, how that inner vow works? The inner vow works in a way that it's protecting the individual that makes the vow, but it also is protecting the, or preventing them from having the relationship that God intended them to have. The closeness. People with a domineering, overbearing, abusive parent, they make, they make an inner vow that they will never submit to any authority again. And these are the people that have a tr they have trouble with their employers. They have trouble keeping a job. They have, they have trouble with society. Because we are all under authority. And they refuse to submit to authority because of someone taking advantage and being overbearing in their life. A person that has been sexually abused, they might make an inner vow to never enjoy sexual pleasure again, even with their spouse. 
People shamed in their past. They might make an inner vow never to allow themselves to be in any situation where they can be made fun of again. Many people take, make an inner vow to, I will never speak in public. I will never pray out loud. Why? Because they're trying to protect themselves from shame. But at the same time, we're losing a gift from God. Because you have so much to offer. People who have been picked on and bullied, they can make an inner vow to become the aggressor. The one who wants that no, that no one wants to mess with. You know, it's interesting that someone gets bullied and all of a sudden that, the one that's bullied ends up actually becoming the bully. People who have been traumatized or hurt, they may vow to themselves that they will never forgive their offenders. You would be shocked at how many people walk in the prison of this vow of unforgiveness. I will never forgive them. People from a controlling relationship, they might make an inner vow to be the controlling one so that they're never controlled in the future. And people with over-strict rule-making parents, they may make a vow that they deserve to sin and be tempted that, that, it, that this is the road to having some fun for a change. Know this, making an inner vow is a counterfeit to making a covenant with God. A vow is a promise to live by a law that you, 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 you choose to make for yourself regardless of what God's Word and what His Spirit says. We make inner vows rashly admits pain. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 25, it says, It is a snare to say rashly, it is holy, and to reflect only after making a vow. See, when, we, when we're hurting deeply, we're often not thinking deeply. In those moments, the devil can get a foothold on our lives and whisper in our ear and encourage us to make an inner vow. Some make inner vows at a young age. We need to be aware of inner vows. And, and, and especially those that were made at a young age that has become a part of how we live and how we see the world and how we deal with life. Some of us, our inner vows were made so young that we don't even realize that we're living by them any longer. They have become a part of us. They've become unconscious to us. We carry these vows from childhood to adulthood and they become habits that might that we're not even aware of until light is allowed to shine into the darkness. Some inner vows are generational. Some fam families have inner vows that govern generations. My dad never hugged his, his kids. So we don't hug in our family. My father, that, that was not, I wasn't saying my dad never hugged us. My dad hugs us. He still hugs and kisses us. 
husbands might not might tell have learned from their their fathers not to tell their wives that they love them. I mean, we all most of us have heard the joke. I told her I loved her on our wedding day. Why do I need to say it again? Maybe a spouse that refuses to serve the other because they will not let anyone cause them to be a doormat. And this is taught from one generation to the next until it's broken by Jesus. Inner vows take the place of God. God is no longer Lord in any area of your life that a vow is allowed to protect you. The vow actually becomes your God. Inner vows uh, rules in God's place. And we cannot be led by the Spirit or free to walk in God's will. We are led by the vow rather than the Spirit. No longer is it God's will be done in our life, but it's the vow's will that is done in our life. Loyalty to an inner vow trumps loyalty to the Lord. When our loyalty is tested, we remain faithful to the inner vow, even if it means that we cannot be close to God or the people that He has called us to love, those that are closest to us, those that are most important in our lives. We protect the vow at all costs rather than trusting the Lord to protect us. Violating an inner vow triggers an overreaction. Have you, seen, have you experienced this before? When you said or did something and someone just seems like they totally overreact over the situation. As a pastor, I can tell you this happens quite often. A lot of times, it's something I say up here and there's a huge overreaction. Now, I'm not even talking about you. <laughs> When our inner vow is violated, we become more emotional than the situation calls for. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. If you walk away from a situation and you think, man, why did I get so worked up over that? You know, a- a- after you're allowed to cal- calm down, that's a good sign that you have an inner vow that you've made that someone stepped across. Passions rise quickly when our inner vow is under attack because it's in a place that we have trusted falsely to protect us. When a vow is violated, then we fear we will suffer the same kind of pain that was created, the vow in the first place. And the reason why the vow was created was to prevent that pain. We make our inner vows equal to God's Word. Everyone should submit to God's Word and submit to the Spirit of God, but no one, no one is obligated to submit to your inner vow. But we expect people to submit to our inner vow. Proverbs 30, verse 6 warns, it says, Do not add to His words, lest He rebuke you and you be found a liar. We elevate, we elevate our vow alongside God's Word. We demand that others obey our vow just as the same as they, vow, they obey God. Do you see how these things creep in so subtly? This, this is something that we create because we think it's going to produce good in our life, but it actually produces death in our life. 
Could it be that one of the reasons why you're struggling in your relationships, the struggling in your marriage, struggling with, with your relationships with your parents and, and, or your siblings or, or your boss in your work family is because of inner vows that you have made within yourself. We punish people who break our inner vows. Disobedience to our inner vow unleashes some sort of punishment on others and, and, they, and we make them to pay. And most of the time, the person doesn't even know what they did. We take up the role of cruel God and that rules over others with our vows that are demonic strongholds. And that's what we're going to see. We're going to see where these inner vows actually come from. That these inner vows are not things of God, but they're demonic strongholds that's, that's designed to keep you away from God, designed to, to burden you down, decide, designed to put you into a prison. Inner vows opens the door to the enemy. Inner vows are the entry point for demonic harm because a vow is something in some ways, is always a lie. Understand that. Your inner vows, in some perverted, twisted way, you think that it's truth, but it's always a lie. You have believed a lie. And just like fathers have kids, Satan, the father of lies, has lies. He's the father of lies. And when, listen, Whenever you're believing a lie, you are in His dominion. You are in His dominion. The lie is that the inner vow will protect you. Like all lies, the demonic, it's demonic and it delivers the opposite of what it promises. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 34, it says, But I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, neither nor by the earth, for it is His footstool. For by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great King, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be your yes, and your no be your no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Notice that. Anything that's more than yes and no is from the evil one. Let that sink in. James echoes Jesus in James chapter 5, verse 12. It says, But above all, my brothers, do not swear neither by heaven nor by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be your yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Jesus says that anything that's more than our yes and our no is from the evil one. And, and James says that, that anything more than our yes and our no will put us under condemnation. And Jesus did not come that we would be condemned. There is now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Inner vows create a heart of stone. Have you met these people that are just they're just they're just callous to everything in life? You know, us personally, Amanda, Amanda and I, 
uh, Amanda's mother. I talked to Amanda before. I, I, I said this to make sure it was okay. And she says it was because her mom says this. But uh, Amanda's mother lost her husband. And she stopped going to church. She stopped seeking deeper relationship with God. She pulled back and when we talked to her about it, she said, me and God has an understanding. What she made was an inner vow. And this inner vow was set up in some devilish lie to protect her from pain. But the truth of the matter is, it's keeping her from the intimacy and the deepening experience of God's love that we also desperately need. It's keeping her from being united with brothers and sisters in Christ that are there to help and encourage one another through the pains and suffering for life. And at the same time, she's, she, she's a gift. She's a gift to the body of Christ. You're a gift to the body of Christ. We don't need people to pull away from the body of Christ. We need people to push in. Because there are things that God wants to do in the church, in the body of Christ, that you and you alone are called to do. Do you see how devilish these inner vows are? And we can make them sound so spiritual. Me and God have an understanding. Well, your understanding doesn't line up with Scripture. Do not forsake the assembling of together of the saints. It's a lie, and it's actually taking her from, away from what God wants to do in her life. But this inner vow creates a heart of stone. The pain of our past, if not rightly grieved, and wrongs of our past, if not fully forgiven, leave an opportunity for the devil to encourage us to make vows. The vow is intended to provide a hard layer of protection over the wound. It's actually designed, we think it's going to protect our wounded heart, our wounded soul. But actually, it keeps God from actually coming in and truly healing the wound. And the wound never heals. It, tragically, the thing that we think is going to save us becomes a tomb in which we slowly die. Do you know that Satan was the first to make an inner vow? Satan was the very first being that we know of that made an inner vow. And he desires you to do the same. In Isaiah 14, verse 13, it says, You said in your hearts, this is speaking of Lucifer, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. 
The entire war between God and Satan started when Satan made an inner vow that he would supplant God as ruler of all. Do you see that? And we're not too far off. We're not, I, will, I will not submit to religion. God created Lucifer to live in a covenant with God and Satan counterfeited it with an inner vow to himself. Satan then invited Adam and Eve to adopt his inner vow. You will be like God. To this day, Satan remains loyal to his inner vow, which he has used to replace God as the highest authority in his life. Think about that. So many have set themselves up to be God, the highest authority in your own lives because of inner vows that they have made. We are, just, we are just acting like the devil. I mean, we see this in our culture. I, I, I don't really want to bring all this up. I think you've seen enough of it on social media. The Grammy Awards and the whole song about we're, not, we're, we're going to live life the way that we want to live life and there's nothing above our desire, our passions, our pleasure. It's the, same, it's the same exact thing. And it leads to destruction. It leads to death. And as I said before, the things that our culture is currently going through right now, the church has to be ready because it leads to death. And there's going to be thousands, tens of thousands of people that are broken, that are damaged, that are suicidal, that, are, that need that need the hope that's found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And we as a church, even in our small community here in Vassar, we have to be prepared for those individuals. We have to be prepared to accept those individuals and to walk through their pain and suffering and see Jesus transform their lives. Amen? In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. This is the promise of Jesus. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of, of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And, I will, and you will keep my judgments and do them. This is the promise of the new birth. This is the promise of the recreated spirit. This is the promise to, of God saying, I will take what the world has done to you, the damage it has caused to create you to be hard, and, and, create, and that has created you to um, be hard, to be selfish, to only worry about self, not free to serve, not free to love others, not free to forgive, not, not free to walk in the in the unforced rhythms of grace. He says, I will take that heart from you. I will put a new spirit within you. And I will give you new want-tos. That's the promise of the new birth. 
is we no longer have to do certain things to be right with God. Through Jesus Christ, you have been made right with God, and now you get to do these things. There's new want-tos that's put in you. And an inner vow can keep us from what God wants to do in our life. Inner vows are evil. They are fr- they're evil from the very beginning, and there's nothing more they're nothing more than demonic strongholds in your life. Have you been deeply hurt by someone? Have you chosen rather than forgiving that person and handing the hurt over to the Lord to be healed? You instead also sin by making an inner vow and hardening your heart? If so, this inner vow gives the devil access to your thinking, your feelings, and your decision making. There are, so, there are so many inhuman of, of us on this earth that they're totally controlled by the pains of their past. And their emotions, the way that they react to situations is not one of a place of power. It's a reaction from an emotional hurt that has not yet been, been able to be healed. And Jesus is the only one that can heal and mend the brokenhearted. He can set you free from the pain that has happened in your past. Think long and hard about your inner vows. Are they so familiar that you are no longer even aware of them? See, this is a matter. This is a matter of going from death to life. From leaving something that is killing you and moving into something that wants to liberate you and set you free. We need to ask Holy Spirit to bring to our minds any inner vows that we might have. And the best thing to do with the inner vow when you find one is kill it. (laughs) Before it kills you. Right? Because it, 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 it does. It will keep you from experiencing the, the union that God designed a husband and wife to be. It will, it will keep you from, you know, as I'm a parent, my children are moving into adulthood. And I now have to transition from protective parent to godly influence and friend. Inner vows, inner hurt, inner, inner promises that you make to yourself will keep, will, will keep you locked into always wanting to have control over the situation and not allowing, to, not allowing them to make, start making their own decisions and trusting that God will work in their life just like He's worked in mine. You understand that? This is all about trusting God, not ourselves. Because I've seen what Chad is able to produce. I, I've seen the life that I have, have been able to, to make for myself. And it's not good. It's, better, it's far better to trust Jesus. Amen? Amen. 
So ask Holy Spirit. Ask Holy Spirit to bring it to your mind. Like I said, some of these are so close. They're, they're, they're actually been with you for so long that you don't even realize you have them. And when He brings it to your mind, you've got to kill it. Because it kill, before it kills you, it kills your relationships. It kills your relationship with God and it kills your relationship with others. Breaking inner vow, vows invites Holy Spirit to now rule over you. To lead you and to guide you. When, we renou- when you renounce your vow, you invite Holy Spirit in to heal your hurt. To heal your hurt and soften your heart of stone. Making it tender towards God and others. And open to healthy relationships. This seems so subtle, subtle doesn't it? An inner vow seems so subtle. It almost even sounds somewhat spiritual. But the truth of the matter is, it's an idol in our life. Produced by pride. Because we do not have a true identity of who God our Father has made us to be. God's will is that you would go from death to life. And as you young people here this morning, you know. You have friends. You see it in school. You see it in in the workplace. You see it in social media. You see people that are, are trying to find life in all the wrong places. And it just leads to death. It it leads to death. To experience spiritual deliverance, emotional healings, and transformation in your relationships that are filled with life and warmth. That's what Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. He wants to deliver you from inner vows and bring true life in you. A life that's no longer cold. A life that's no longer filled with fear. A life that is no longer distant from God and those that love you most. So today as we close, as we sing this song in closing, if Holy Spirit has shown you any stronghold of inner vows that He wants you to renounce, do so. You don't have to say it loud. You don't have to make a show of it. But just say it out of your mouth. I renounce this vow of... And then ask Holy Spirit to fill you and heal you from those places of pain and rejection. And you will be set free. And at the same time, if you would like prayer, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe that God is moving. And, and we are always ready and willing to do so. To pray. So if you would like prayer, come to the front. We, we'll, we'll pray with you. We'll see God move in your life. God is so good and He desires the best for you. He desires a life that's full. Relationships that are rich. And people that are free from demonic strongholds of inner vows. Amen? Amen. Like I said, this is just such a subtle thing that isn't, very, isn't talked about much. But as you can see, 
It's devastating to people's lives. It's devastating to families. It's devastating to churches. It's devastating to communities. You, you, you've, you've seen certain towns and certain areas of, of, of cities that are producing the same thing over and over again. And it's because of having an inner vow. It's, it's from having an inner vow and a false identity in who God created them to be. You see certain families that you see the same thing happening over and over again. And it's, it's a self-taught inner, inner vow. And we just pick it up. And wherever there's an inner vow in our lives, Jesus is not Lord. Life is good when Jesus is Lord. Amen? Well, Father, we thank You. We thank You that You have set us free. You have translated us from the dominion of darkness and You have put us into the kingdom of Your beloved Son. And now we are Your beloved children. We are the beloved of God. We are loved by God. You are our Abba. You are our Daddy, the Bible clearly says. You are our Daddy. And You desire good things for Your children. And Father, we thank You for Your Word and for the Spirit that has revealed to us this morning that these lies of the enemy, the things that, you, that they spoke in our ears, these vows that we have made that were designed to protect us from being hurt, protect us from being wrong, protect us from being humiliated, are nothing more than a prison. And it's keeping us from the life that You have given us. So this morning, Lord, we thank You that we are going to walk out of death into life through faith in Jesus Christ. We love You, we praise You, and we celebrate You. In Jesus' name, Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.